Hey everyone, welcome back to the Shadow Work Library. On this bonus episode, I interview one of my soulmates and best friends ever, Ashley Mays. She's a communication, relationship, and sex coach and a native Texan, so you'll be able to enjoy her awesome accent. (laughs) She's also one of the most playful people I've ever met, and you'll get those vibes when you listen to the show. It's a lot of fun. She and I have known each other forever, so my interview style here is a little different, mostly because she's my BFF, and so naturally we're laughing a lot. When I start this episode here, you'll hear us chatting a bit about her experience in Austin during this last crazy winter crisis which she was right in the middle of. Now, I do want to throw out a disclaimer here that we talk about sex a lot here. It's all educational, but we use some language that may be strange or seem irreverent to some people. This is the language that they use in the sex education community to bring more lightness and play to an overly serious topic. So if you are sensing right now that this isn't an episode that you'll want to listen to around your kids, or you're just not into hearing about menstrual cycles or different ways people have sex, then of course, use your best judgment to do what you got to do. So on this show, we talk about finding out your sex love language and the shadow sides of each type. This is such a fascinating element of sex that I never knew about. So I think you're really going to enjoy this. We talk about the dilemma of being too orgasm focused. She also explains how to work with different phases of your menstrual cycle and how to do what Ashley calls sex magic, either solo or with a partner to get more energy behind your intentions. And then finally, we get into rage and how you can build a relationship with your anger. I hope you enjoy the show. And as always, if you'd like to connect with me, the best way to do that is on Instagram. So you can find me at Jessica Depotzi underscore. That's D-E-P-A-T-I-E. All right, here is sex, love, and communication coach Ashley Mays. It's been interesting because I I noticed my first response, like my thought was like, oh my gosh, Austin is not prepared for this. And I was like, ooh, that's a projection. (laughs) So let me translate that. Mm -hmm. I'm not prepared for this. I was like, oh, fuck, like (laughs) this is crazy. And then I, I went to this whole experience of like for 36 years, like it's the last two years. So I'm 38, right? The last two years I've been single and have been more on my own. And my intention for the last couple of years has been sovereignty and abundantly free. And this was just a big lesson where it's like, I get to call in more sovereignty of like making sure I'm taken care of and not being dependent on other people. Because for 36 years, I had either my dad or my ex-husband. And then I was, I don't have those. It's like, I'm on my own and I had people for support and all this, but it just showed me where I get to learn to be more sovereign and like self-sufficient and all of that. So it's been a good lesson (laughs) was without water for uh, four or five days. And then I was without power for one day. And I got to also see my survival techniques of like, how can I manage this? So what did everybody do with their pipes bursting and freezing? What, what did the, what was the situation for water and plumbing? So right now, Austin is having places that are open and available for, for people to go to for warmth and for water. Um, I mean, shutting down the water system 
shutting down the power grid, like there's rolling blackouts. So mm-hmm. Austin would have periods of time where different areas would experience blackouts for an hour or so. Um, yeah, so it's like they're, I think, I think Austin's doing a great job as far as managing it as, as much as possible because it's, it's not something that happens, mm-hmm. you know, here very often. And so um, I think it's been great too, is like, how can we prepare in the future for something that we don't expect? I knew it was snowing in Austin. I did not know that it was like chaos. I know. I know. I was like, oh, someone, someone was like, you can use the snow as gray water. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's such a great idea. You know? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it's, it's learning. Like I've been learning a lot of like resourcefulness. Yeah. And then I had a friend, um, his name's Luke, uh, that lives five minute drive from me. And so when my power went out, he was like, you can come over here. I have power and water. And so it's so cool to see how people come together in moments of crisis. That's why I love a good crisis every once in a while. Not a bad one, but just one enough to where people realize they need each other. And mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah. And it was, it was nice to like have support, ask for it. It was really nice to just to have someone that I could go to and, you know, then like he showed me his, like, um, his bug out bag. Is mm-hmm. that what it's called? Well, like yeah, a go bag, like, like, yeah. like your sex go yeah. bag. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, I need, I need one of these for survival. I got it for the sex. <laughs> well, if there's ever a sex crisis, people will know where to go. I will help you in your sexual disaster needs. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right. So we can just start off with you telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do, and then we can get into the fun stuff. Yes. Uh, well, thank you for having me. Um, my name is Ashley. Maze, and I am a sex, love, and communication coach, and and really maybe shifting that into more of a communication, love, and sex coach because I really think that there's a beautiful experience of learning how to communicate uh, efficiently, and so a lot of what I do is I help men, women, couples move through sex hangups and relationship breakdowns so they can have epic sex, even better sex and more fulfilling relationships. Um, And a lot of that is looking at where is our shadow in relationships? Where is our limiting beliefs in relationships and in sex. So moving through all that and looking deep in that, and then what do we really believe? What do we really want to create through that? I love it. I do like that you put communication first, because even though we want to get to the sex part, because we all love communication, but we all really want to know about that three-letter word, right? (laughs) Uh, But it's so true. When you spent a week at my house, And Jeff, Luke, and I were all here working on that project and it was so intense. And you saw us be on camera together, having some, I had to do math on camera for this project that Jeff is working on and just talk about a lot of issues coming up, (laughs) a lot of childhood wounding around math. It was so cool because when you came, we were really expecting to 
have our sex therapist come. We're going to do all this fun stuff. And it really came down to being on the couch and talking about our communication style. And it was just so, so good. And the sex was better afterwards. It's like, we didn't even talk about it, but just the communication around certain things made our connection so, so good. So thank you for that free session. Uh, Thank you. I'm so glad it was so much fun spending that week with y'all. Um, it was very like refreshing and nourishing to my soul. And, and that's part of like why with, with, with my work, I, I love diving into communication first, because when we learn how to communicate with ourselves, with our other partners, other people in our lives, then we can actually translate that and communicate better for our sexual desires. Do you find it's natural or challenging for people to talk about communication first before they talk about sex, like your clients, when they hire you on, are they wanting to get right into the bedroom or are they like good to go with, let's be outside here first and just chat about how we chat? It's, it's a little bit of both. Um, and most of the time I would say people are wanting to have, um, more sex, or better sex, um, or, and, and ultimately it's more connection that Mm -hmm. they're wanting. And so, so it's pulling, you know, yes, this is what you want, but what you're needing in this moment is better communication. And let's learn how you're communicating with yourself. How are you learning to access what you're wanting, your needs, your boundaries, your values, and then how are you communicating that with the people in your life? Okay. So if we could do a little bit of role playing, um, I'm going to take my shirt off. Just kidding. <laughs> Some verbal role playing. And this is like, it was real. So this isn't really totally role play. Something that you had helped me with before was I was telling you, I, Jeff just like wants to get into it. He is all about clothes off. Let's just do it. And it takes me a long time to get out of my head, to get out of work mode, to be present And so I projected, like you were talking about Austin earlier, I projected the crisis onto him by saying he's not, uh, you know, like meeting my needs because I feel like I need a lot of space. I need this need, 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 and he's not meeting those needs. And so, um, what would you, where would you have me start if I were to come to you like this, pretending like we've never talked about this before? Yeah. So, um, one, I would say, well, I know, you know, your erotic blueprint. I didn't Uh, before. I want to talk about that. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So, so one, I would say, uh, one, take your erotic blueprint as for yourself and then for your partner. And that's going to create a lot of understanding in your sex love language. Um, There's, let me think, one, two, three, four. There's five different areas in the erotic blueprint. And it teaches you what turns you on and what turns you off. Um, But if you didn't have access to that, you know, or you didn't know that, one, one way I would say is learning to communicate in order for me to be able to be connected and to be present, I need some transition time. So, and that would be you, you know, unplugging from work, connecting to who you are. Maybe that's like just a little meditation. Maybe that's journaling, just slowing down. Maybe even that's breath work, right? So it's like connecting to your body. And so then 
with with a partner that is more you know sexual and it's just like the act turns them on whereas like when you need more time to to get in the mood it's communicating with them like i want to have sex with you and i want to have this connection however for me what really helps me to be able to connect and be fully present with you is if I have some transition time. So going from my work life to coming back to me and connecting and being present. So then I can be present with you and enjoy it even more. Mm. That's critical information because the way that I had been doing it for a long time with my poor husband is (laughs) he would get in the mood so late at night and I'm only talking about like nine o'clock. Right. But I had this idea. I created this story in my head. Like, I don't want to have sex after I eat dinner. Cause I usually eat way too much <laughs> you know? <laughs> just to be totally honest. And I don't feel like getting naked and I'm exhausted from the day. And I just want to sit and watch Netflix and zone out. And he would come to me and say, but sex is really important to me. It's the way that I connect with you. And I would feel defensive. Like, it's important to me too, but not right now. And maybe it's not important that I started thinking, maybe it's not important to me because I'm never going to him for it. And so learning about our erotic blueprint, or you had called it earlier, our, um, sex, love language, sexual love language, which I really like that helped me understand more that it's not that sex is not important to me. It's just, if I'm not creating the space for myself, at least, and he can help me do that. But if I'm not doing it myself, then I'm never going to negation acknowledged. I'm probably not going to initiate sex because I'm not intentionally creating that space for myself. I'm not the person that's going to sit here and just immediately be like, I want to have sex, at least not at this time. So uh, would you like to get into the the love languages, the sexual love languages? Yes, Yay. yes. I would love that. And, and also wanted to, and in, in, in what you're saying, like what you're talking about is also taking ownership, mm-hmm. right? So you're taking ownership and understanding, oh, okay. Now I understand where I'm at. Now I can take ownership and communicate this, communicate how I need to connect with myself before all of this too. Yeah. That's why I love personality tests and astrology and just all these different systems that can teach us more about how we are by design. It gives us so much more language to be able to work with instead of, I am just tired. I am just not into it, uh, or you're too into it or something like that. We learn language as kids and then we never upgrade it. Like, I think we had this conversation with uh, Mark England. So having a sexual language upgrade is so key. So, so key. I like that sexual language upgrade. Thanks, man. Yeah. I just came up with it. <laughs> like writing that down. <laughs> Be sure to tag you. <laughs> That's okay. I don't need credit. I'm sure I got it from someplace else. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, so going into um, erotic blueprint, um, uh, her name slips me. I believe Jaya is her first name, but she has eroticblueprint.com. You can go in there 
and take it. And it's just this little quiz where it really shares with you basically your sexual, like, like your sexual love language, what turns you on, what turns you off. And there's, and there's five different areas. So there's energetic, and that one is when you are aroused by space and anticipation. And a lot of times the turnoff can be um, too much too fast. And then the other is uh, sensual and that the turn on is touch, sound, taste, smell. So those you know, our senses are what turns us on. And a lot of times our turn off can be stuck in our head. Um, then there's sexual. And by the way, those two are me. So I scored the highest in energetic, then very, very close second was the sensual. So I'm, I say this in jest, but I'm a little bit of a pain in the ass. Like I need a lot of warm up. <laughs> <time. laughs> it's also, it's like, that's what you know you need. And yeah. so- so when it comes to, um, you know, when it comes to sex life, like I, I'm a fan of scheduling sex in um, because then that also allows for the spontaneous to come involved too. And you can play with um, scheduling in. A lot of times there's a lot of story of like, well, I don't want to schedule it in because that seems routine or this and that. But a lot of times when we schedule it in, one, it gives us this knowing and understanding that it's going to happen. Mm. And that feels good. And so we feel safe in the relationship and we feel like we can connect in that way. And so a way that you can play with it when you do, okay, Tuesday evening, we shut down at five o'clock. And then that's when we get to connect and spend time with each other. Um, that's when you can also like play into these things that create this like turn on for you. Right. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's like throughout the day, you're sending text messages to each other. They can be like these playful things of, of inviting that what could be considered routine in. Mm -hmm. I like that because let's be honest, we're all scheduling sex anyway. We're just not doing it publicly. It's either you're a morning sex person or you're a night sex person. Usually when you're in a long-term relationship. Mm -hmm. Kids go to bed before they wake up, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And so, you maybe yeah. can do it the same way every time. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how can we invite different ways to bring in our sexual desires, you know? And that goes into like some other things that we can talk about, like sexual, like sex exploration. Mm -hmm. um, but like, yeah, so it's like playing with it. Like, okay, here's what I know about me and what works for me. And, and then here's what I know works for my partner. How can I play with this? How can he play with this? Mm -hmm. That it both like creates this like uh, arousal. Yeah. I like that. It reminds me of, I think it's Jewish rabbis and I might have this wrong, but somebody in the Orthodox Jewish faith only has sex twice a month with their, their husband or wife. I think it's a rabbi. So they can only have sex with their wives twice a month. And I remember watching a documentary where they asked, that seems really restrictive. How can you be okay with that? And so I was like, we get excited, so excited about it. We talk about it all month. We talk about new things we want to try, all this. He's like, would you like to have normal blah sex every day that you don't care about? 
and it's the same or amazing, mind-blowing sex twice a month. And like, I was like, oh yeah, hmm. yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Ooh, yes, I love that. I and going into um, uh, and we I can share more of the other mm-hmm. ones here in a little bit, but even going into the shadow of of sex, right? So a lot of times in what we what we've been taught in our society and our our culture is. Um, sex is to, uh, reproduce and, and then there's also, it's about the orgasm. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not good sex unless there's an orgasm for someone. Yes. For any man listening, it's totally fine for your woman not to have an orgasm. Perfectly fine. And it goes the other way, I think, but for speaking as a woman, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's not about that. And so, uh, you know, negation, all that knowledge stepping away. So it's, it's like, we have this like, oh, okay, well I have to have sex because we're in a long-term relationship and that's what we do. And then there's like, you know, oh, well, we're supposed to have sex. Um, we're, we're, you know, next phase is to have kids or maybe, maybe not depending on, you know, where you're at in your relationship. Um, and then also it's like, in order for it to be a good sex session, it has to have an orgasm in my belief that there's so much more that can be created in sex. So when, in sex. And so when we can remove those beliefs, insects, we- <laughs> I'm just, I'm a child. I thought that was funny. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. I'm glad you caught it. Cause I was like trying to play it off. <laughs> But like we, we were taught those things. And so then that's what we create sex around and the meaning of it. And so when we can like remove that and being like, okay, ultimately, what do we want in sex connection? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh, good. I promise I will laugh at that anymore. (laughs) This is going to be good. Okay. Um, to me, I feel that that's a lot of shadow around sex and it actually creates a disconnect because there's this outcome that we have to meet and it's not always met. And so taking that away and looking at what do we really want when it comes to our sexual connection with someone, intimacy, connection, to, to feel free, to feel seen, to be expressed. And so when we can remove the outcome of orgasm, it gives us a space of really connecting and just letting whatever comes, come. <laughs> it's like letting, letting go of you know, it could be an amazing sex session and there'd be no orgasm for either one. Mm. You feel so connected and pleasured and, and fulfilled. Mm. So the end state being less about orgasm and the success metric, as if I were to just talk kind of like as a Western person would, would be connection and fulfillment through that connection. Yes. And it doesn't even need to be physical touch, right? If we were still on the topic of the energetic, it just, the anticipation is so exciting. 
Absolutely. And not, so we're talking about not going into like the outcome being orgasm when connected energetically and, and playing in that you can have an orgasm without penetration. Huh? Have you ever experienced that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Well, if you could ever put together a master class on that, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> That's a good idea. Energetic orgasm. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm going to write that down. Okay. So we went through energetic. Uh, we went through sensual mm-hmm. and just to recap, sensual is different than energetic. How? So energetic is space and anticipation mm-hmm. and sensual is more of the senses. So it's touch, sound, taste, smell. Okay. And so how would you coach somebody who has a partner that's really into the sensual elements? That's so thinking of like the environment, um, how can I, you know, that could be, um, I look at it as as a little bit more of a foreplay, Mm. right? And so that's um, maybe bringing in, you could bring in a blindfold. So that's actually taking away a sense, right? And then that could bring in what I like to call um, a pervertible. Um, So it's like a normal kind of thing that you're playing into your sex life. So that could be a hairbrush, um, that could be a feather, right? So you're stroking their skin. Um, that could bring in um, ice cube, right? So it's like this sense of touch. Maybe it's bringing in some really beautiful music. I like to have smell. So it's like bringing in candle or, you know, incense, um, having the lights dimmed and it's just candles. Um, sound, you could make um, a playlist of mm-hmm. songs that really like connect and turn you on that you can feel like where you can be connected with yourself. And so it's like having like a playlist, right? This is our sex playlist, mm-hmm. you know, and then touch like hot, cold, you know, tickly, like what feels good and learning that. Awesome. Okay. What's after sensual? So sensual, after sensual is sexual. And um, that is just the simple act of sex. That's what turns them on. They just love sex. The connection, the intercourse, all of that. Like that's what turns them on. Um, A lot of times where the turnoff or the, the shadow of that can be, there's a limited view of sexuality Mm. and it can be very goal oriented so it's like looking at okay here's the shadow side of it now how can i bring in the gift of slowing down and connecting right ultimately i get what i you know i get this sex i get the intercourse but how can i slow down to um actually experience a prolongedness of it Okay. And so when you're working with a client that is highly sexual or has a partner that's highly sexual, what are some of the things that that person can do for themselves or that partner can do for the sexual person to heighten that gift state? Yeah. So it's, it's really talking about one, I would say, um, 
removing the, the goal-oriented part of it. Like, yes, this is gonna happen or it can happen, you know, more than likely it will. However, I would love to have a longer state with it, right? So it's extending. And so if someone's in this like, you know, active intercourse, they're gonna want it to be longer too. Mm. You know, so it's like, how can we prolong it and play with it a little bit more and be more connected? Um, you know, uh, and then and then just really like, yeah, really just playing with the act of sex and um, different ways um, for another way of two, sometimes there might be um, where it's like once I, I, I call it P and V, um, penis and vagina. So maybe once, you know, there is the penetration where it's like, it happens really fast. And a, a fun thing that you can do is practice edging. Mm, what's and that? so edging is where you practice going to about where you're, you're about to come, you're about to orgasm. And before you hit that, you pull out. And okay. so what it does is it lengthens and creates a longer stability, I guess you can say, <laughs> or stability. I don't know if that's the right word, but it just, it helps to like prolong it a little bit more. And that can be a fun thing for someone that's sexual to play with is like, how much longer can I go before I actually orgasm and hit this, you know, goal oriented orgasm. So it's like learning to edge a little bit. So going in and then right before orgasm, pulling out, and then going back in, playing with it, coming in and out. Okay. And I would imagine this is where learning to experiment with different positions could be a fun thing for the sexual person. Mm -hmm. Do you suggest having a experimental session or just go for it kind of thing? I love, yes. Um, I mean, I think both plays, you know, a role in this. Um, and I love the idea of creating time for sex exploration. And so that is a scheduled time. Um, that is also a safe container. And that's looking at like, what do we want to play and explore, try new um, and creating that container so that you can do that. And so maybe that is learning a new position. And then it's in that it's like, oh, this feels good. Oh, can we try, you know, this or that slower, faster. And so where I think the benefits of that comes in is one, it allows us to speak into what we like and don't like. Because mm. I know a lot of times in, in past, um, and, and I, I can still experience it now too, is um, in the moment and I'm like, oh, that doesn't feel really good. And I won't say anything. Right. So, so a lot of times where I, where I love this exploration is it gives a space and container of saying, oh, that doesn't really feel good. Can we try this over here? Oh, I like that. And so then that also gives us the freedom and the space to move that into our other types of sex, you know? Mm-hmm. Speaking of P and V, what just came to mind here is <laughs> I know another system that you study. I don't remember the name of it. I remember you had the book in Costa Rica. Uh, mm. What is it called? Yes, it is the, um, 
the sexual practices of Kadaushka. So what I loved about what you were teaching me about Kadaushka was that penis shapes are all different, obviously. Uh, vagina shapes are all different. Less knew that, honestly. <laughs> and then to know that different, the way your body is shaped, and you can even tell this by looking at the way your out, the outside of your vagina looks, which just blew my mind, can influence the way you have P and V that blew my mind. And it, it helped me cast a lot less judgment on being in certain positions that didn't feel good to me. That should be normal. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So we all, as, as women, as men, our anatomy is, is different. And, um, you know, there's, there's some common ways that our vulva, our vaginas look. Um, there's common ways that penises look. Um, and we can kind of categorize them, right? And they're all going to fit differently. Um, so like some vaginas could have, you know, less uh, vaginal canal. And so you can hit that, you know, the, the cervix a lot easier. Um, depending on the size and shape of the penis. Um, And that can create sometimes some pain as well, right? So it's like learning the positions that feel good. And also in that, adding even to it, in our cycle as women, you know, everything shifts for us in our body. So it's also depending on where we're at in our cycle can influence that too. So I think it's a beautiful thing. This, this practice is it gives us an understanding of like, oh, there's different operating systems of how they connect and play with each other. And it's also a way to help them communicate. Mm. That's incredible. I know we want to talk about cycles. I really want to get into that. Do you want to do that now? Or do you want to get through the rest of them? And then we'll do, we'll do, I have two more and then we'll go into I think it'll be perfect segue. Okay. So after sexual, there's kinky. Um, that's a lot of times the, the kink kinky is, um, there's arousal by the taboo, the things that as society we've labeled naughty, um, you know, uh, it's not considered normal in the relation to the person doing it. Um, so that, so, so I'm actually, for me, I'm kinky. So I like the idea of being tied up a little bit or even like having someone hold my hands above my head. I love the idea of being spanked by hairbrush, you know, where the turnoff or the shadow can be in that is the fact that those are a taboo Mm -hmm. and they're considered naughty. And so then I think there's something wrong with me. Oh, yeah. I hear that. Yeah. So that's kinky. Um, and, and then there's the shape shifter and the shape shifter is aroused by it all. They actually can kind of play with all areas. And then also their, their shadow is they get to experience all the shadow, the turnoffs. <laughs> I was just about to say amazing thing. And also this awful side. <laughs> yeah. Like it sounds like an ideal state, but then you have to deal with all of the other darkness that comes with that. Yeah. That's like, pretty okay. cool. Oh, also. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, so for the shapeshifter, are they more into sex than your typical person? I haven't worked with a whole lot of shapeshifters. Um, however, I would imagine that they, yes, I, I would imagine so in that they just love to be able to connect. It's more about the connection, whatever it is, but the they love that connection intimacy and they can play whatever role is needed to, to match that person. Oh, so cool. So where can people find again where they can do their erotic blueprint? You can Google erotic blueprint quiz and I believe it'll take you to a website. Um, I believe her name is Jaya, uh, but I forget her Jaya Martin, maybe, um, but erotic <laughs> blueprint quiz. I should write that down at some point. Awesome. (laughs) Okay, cool. So I'll also add a link to that in the show notes. Sweet. Now, cycles. I learned about cycles through the book Wild Power. Mm -hmm. Blew my mind. I say that on every podcast. Everything blows my mind. (laughs) And so I just started my moon today. And thank you. And I've never felt like that was something to celebrate or to even want to tell somebody until I read that book and have talked to you about it. And it starts as such like such a cool phase of your month where you can access different parts of yourself that you weren't able to previously. So that was just one of the things that came to mind as I just started my period right before I hopped on this call with you. Um, (laughs) What so tell me more about how cycles play into what you do? Yes, so um, going into this actually brought up two things. One, I one of the reasons I love doing what I do is I, I want to normalize sex um, because sex is why we are all here, and then going into uh, also normalizing our cycles as women, talking about it. Right. I think a lot of times for me growing up, I would like hate having my period. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, there's just like all this maintenance to do with it. I don't feel good. You know, and it was like this, like, oh, and so feels dirty. Really, yeah. Like, just like, right. And, and yes, maybe I still experience some of that. Like I, I can still have where I'm tired Um, I don't like, you know, I have cramps and all of this. However, I've shifted from it being like this, like thing to a celebration. Oh, thank you. Thank you for this body that knows how to work itself and to remove this part that needs to be removed that can actually create an ecosystem that can like create a human being. Right. So it's like, how can I celebrate this even, even in pain? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think a lot of it is learning our cycles and understanding it. And as women learning how to flow into it. um, So there's, there's, you know, four different cycles. There's our menstruation, right? That's when we're actually bleeding. 
Um, I like to have that as more of a reflective. So I'm slowing down. Mm-hmm. I'm going within, I'm journal, journaling a little bit more. Um, I'm looking at the past month, what I've learned, what I've experienced, what am I wanting to create from that? Um, so it's like really evaluating. Mm-hmm. And, and you can think of it as far as like seasons, it's like the winter season. Right? Which so you're in, in Austin. And <laughs> yes. Oh houses God. are caving in and your pipes Ooh. are exploding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some Going winters are crazy. <laughs> well, like to, to talk about that story earlier, some of your winters, some of your menstrual cycles are chaotic. Sometimes you're not prepared for that shit. And people are all over you and you can't go inward and it feels like you need to go to a warming center and get some free jambalaya. <laughs> yes. I, that's such a perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Give me some jambalaya and some warmth. I just, I, I'm done. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, I think a lot of times, you know, we, as women, we're very taught like masculinity, go, 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 do, do, do. And we're not always operating in that system. Like actually when we try to operate in that system, it fights what we're naturally supposed to be going through. So it's like learning, okay, here's, here's where I'm at and I'm needing to go within and I'm just needing to maybe have and give myself a permission to lay in bed Mm -hmm. maybe I just need to cry how can I take care of myself right now right so it's like this like really going within and taking care and nurturing ourselves um in that and and so then going for menstrual our menstruation it goes to the follicular follicular cycle the phase um and that's more dynamic that's the spring Right. And so that's when brainstorming comes in. That's when planning a project. And so you can see it's like, okay, now I'm going within. I'm getting to reflect, you know, my menstruation. I'm reflecting, evaluating. I know where I want to go. Now I'm in this phase where I have this energy to plan and to brainstorm and to map out how to go in this direction that I want to create for myself. And then ovulation, and that's more expressive. So that's summer, right? Um, and that's when communication is actually really great because you can communicate a lot easier or better. You're more like, I, I like to think I'm more feisty mm-hmm. in my ovulation, right? I'm also, I do also experience um, for me in ovulation, there's moments where I'm like, I want to fucking kill you right now. <laughs> Right. So that's where it's like, where am I not honoring my boundaries? Where am I sacrificing my own sense of self? And because I get, I can get angry really mm. easy in those moments. So that's where I look at, I'm like, Oh, like when I notice I'm in those phases, I'm like, Oh, I'm ovulating right now because I want to think it's the end of the world or either just slash everyone's tires. And I'm so glad you brought that up because Often we hear when you're ovulating, you're just perfect. You're thinner. You're, 
happier, you're more giving, which is definitely the case. It has to be because it's such a common story for a lot of women, but for a lot of people, it is not the case. Everybody's seasons look different. If we were to go literal, sometimes summer's just too damn hot. And (laughs) it's like, yeah. (laughs) And everybody, I, I just, I was giving Jess the bird. (laughs) (laughs) received (laughs) you know but it is it's like it's it's intense right there can be an intense heat from Mm -hmm. the summer um and and I also look at there can be some frustration some anger that comes out so so it's a really great opportunity to uh, establish great communication um it's also a great time to collaborate because we are a little more open right um, looking at it in an ovulation or open, because that's also when we can conceive. Mm-hmm. We so are. it's more about like other people at this point, we're mm-hmm. like really receptive to other people and their influence on us and our influence on them. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's ovulation. And, and also like, I think for me, um, one of the, one of the things that I've, I've really have tapped into is paying attention to my, you know, my womb area. Um, I, I can almost tell when, um, I'm, I'm starting to practice like listening to my body and I can feel the shifts in it. Right. I know when I'm actually moving into a different phase, Mm-hmm. And, I, and I do have an app that I use that gives me a little help, but sometimes it's a day or two off, you know, it's not perfect because um, I'm not measuring my temperature and all of this, but it gives me an idea. And I'm like, oh, I'm moving into this phase because I can feel the shift in my, in my body. So going into the last one is luteal, right? The luteal uh, phase, that's the creative, that's the fall, you know, this is our ending of the the cycle which is you know anywhere between 28 to 34 days depending on the woman um and this is this is the creative so this is the fall um it's the completing the task it's the to-do list it's organizing and so you kind of see as like we go through our cycles throughout the month you know as women, we can really learn how to operate and be more efficient in, in what our natural flow is. And so it's looking at, oops, sorry. <laughs> it's looking at, okay, here's what I'm aware of and where I'm at and playing with that. Here's where I know I'm going to feel the most. And here's where I can be the most effective in what I'm doing. And when we can play into our cycles, it helps us in our, our jobs, our careers, Um, and then playing into also looking at when we're in cycles, communicating that with our partners, Mm. right? Here's where I'm at in my cycle. Here's what I'm wanting to do. Here's what I'm feeling. And so then they get a sense of understanding where we're at and they also know where we're at in our cycles. And so, because as, as men, they have 24 hour cycles. They go through a cycle every 24, we're, you know, a month. And so there's, there's a little bit of a difference. And so then when they can understand our cycle and we can communicate what we're wanting and needing during that time, that actually really helps our sex life too. Mm-hmm. This end of the cycle period is often known as PMS. And we usually think of it 
we've been cultured to think of it as this is a time when you're a bitch. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hearing from this is if your path from, from bleed until that point has not been aligned, then the way you show up during this PMSing portion or during this fall phase, which sounds much nicer, maybe more volatile because these are the times where you're communicating perhaps unintentionally all the things that you have not dealt with well, <laughs> or, mm-hmm. you know, like you didn't create the, you didn't plan well, you didn't celebrate your ovulation period. Um, so now you're like, these are all the things and I'm going to throw them at you. And then we get that stereotype of like, Oh, somebody's on <laughs> them. Tires. Yep. yeah. And so yeah. what, what would you say is like a gift state for, and yeah, instead of just bitch time, what is yeah. the gift state of this period? So, so for me, like even, even being aware and, and it's so funny cause I joke around about this, you know, I think I've even joked around with it with you is there's times where when I'm in this phase, this little phase, I'm, I'm, I'm actually more emotional too. Mm-hmm. And I'm just feeling things. I'm, I'm aggravated a little bit easier, you know, like there could be a range of it. And so it's really, for me, I see the gift of when, when I recognize I'm in that phase, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm about to start. What am I needing right now? What am I really needing to take care and honor in myself? And is it something that I'm needing to express in, you know, lack of boundaries, lack of communication, uh, maybe lack of self-care, self-love. And so it's like going, going within and like really looking at like, where am I denying myself? Okay. Yeah. So it's bringing me back to the summer phase. Summer is where you're communicating and this luteal phase is where you're communicating things you didn't communicate earlier that <laughs> were hovering in under the surface there mm-hmm. <laughs> a little, little bit below. Um, so gosh, I just, I really have started to honor that phase because just like you, growing up, it's like, oh, I'm PMSing. This is when I'm a bitch. Stay away from me. Now I realize I'm accessing an altered state of consciousness. I'm able to dive into my subconscious and hear the things that are really important to me now. And now I get the opportunity to share them right now. If I want to write them down for later, whatever is happening is happening. Uh, but it serves a purpose. Like that's what I love about your work. It's like every phase serves a purpose. You're not just being a jerk for no reason to your partner or being emotional for no reason. Cause you're a weak woman. Right. right. Um, yeah. 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 I love that. Yeah. You know, and, and something I've, I've played into in this phase is, is how can I allow playfulness to come in? Because there's a lot of like this, like, fuck me, you know, like, I'm like, it's the end of the world. Everything is falling apart. Like, I hate everybody, you know? And then I'm like, "Ah, how can I play with this right now? Like, (laughs) okay, so it's the end of the world. What can I do? (laughs) What would I do if it was really the end of the world? What would I do? (laughs) You know, and it's like having like a laugh of like, 
Oh, I'm, I'm being a little over dramatic right now because that's what I'm feeling. Okay, cool. Let me play into this and be like, it's the end of the world. What are you really needing to experience? And how can we add some play into this and being silly to lighten it up because it can feel so intense sometimes. Yes. Oh, I love it. If I don't mention this in the intro, Ashley is the mistress of play. And if you ever need play in your life, call this bitch. Um, come in. I'm, I, yeah, yeah. Mistress of play. I'll come and fairy dust around. <laughs> so good. Except during your ovulation, you're, you're <laughs> lighting shit on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Sex magic feels like the next best thing to talk about here. Ooh, yes. So, I am so, so passionate about playing around with the subconscious. And to me, and to what I've studied and understood to be true as of now is that the subconscious states are when your brain waves have are in a theta state. So um I'll link a a link. A link I'll put a link in the show notes with like, like alpha <laughs> yeah. I'll put all the links in there uh with what your brain waves look like. By the way, we're gonna invest in a um an EEG machine, EKG. I'm not exactly sure what it's called. Jeff is the brain person, but we're gonna buy this thing to hook up to our brains and to any person that comes to our house. So I hope you're coming soon. Um, and we're gonna explore with what are what we do and what different brain waves we get into by doing those things. So when you're in deep relaxation, deep meditation, or you're sleeping and you're dreaming, your brain as of what science says right now, is in a theta state. And so it's fun because you can be in deep relaxation and or dreaming and still have this state, which is kind of interesting. It's almost like breathing where it's one of those rare systems in your body where it's involuntary and it's voluntary. Like you don't need to think about it and you're doing it, or you can think about it and do it the way you want to do it. And so if we play around with that system, we can plant seeds in our subconscious And often your subconscious will, is the thing that creates your beliefs. It creates the thing that you're most attuned to. It's, it's the thing that like you are a certified story work expert. So, you know, um, that the stories in our heads are what shadows are. Shadows are illusions. They're stories we've told ourselves that we believe to be true. Like if you're a kinky person, you're ashamed of being kinky where as like a normal open-minded person, you'd be thinking there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, so with sex magic, that was something that I had never played around with before I had heard that you told me it was a thing. And so I would love for you to share with us a little bit about how that works, because if my theory is correct and we hook up those nodes to your brain, when you are doing sex magic, which I may or may not be in the room for, (laughs) (laughs) just kidding. Um, (laughs) Like you'll be in a theta state of, of deep meditation or deep relaxation while you're doing this. And if I believe that these subconscious rewiring protocols work, you can create intentions while you're in these theta states and literally rewire your brain. Yep. So I want to hear about sex magic. Yes. I love this. I think, I think you gave, um, an overall view and beauty of what sex magic can be. And, and so when it comes to sex magic, um, 
going into abracadabra, right? With my words, I create. Words goes to stories, stories create reality. And so looking at um, our intention, what are we being intentional about? When we're intentional, we put our attention to it. And so taking that and looking at, okay, um, the beautiful gift of sex magic, as, as far as like humans, like it's amazing what we can create. We literally can create as far as humans, a life within us. So taking that ability, even if we're not trying to create a human, how can we create this magic within us that we have to create? And it's using that powerful force of creating our intentions into reality. And so you can do that, you can do that solo, and you can also do that with, an, with a partner. And so sex magic is really creating this like container um, within a space and creating an intention and then holding that intention until, you know, release until orgasm. Cause then there's like this, like, right. So we have the intention, we have it and there's just release and then we let it go and we let it play into however it comes into, but we're holding on to it this whole entire time. And, and with sex magic, what I love about it, it is, it's, it's, dropping into this meditative state, this connection state, where it is in that theta, right? And, and that can happen also in, um, in the BDSM world, that can be like, that can happen in like the subspace, right? There's like this like spot where it's like, you're here, there, and it's just like you get to create this magic and and it's like a and beautiful gift when you say subspace what do you mean what does that mean so in bdsm uh, typically there's a dom and then there's a submissive right mm. um dominant submissive um in in bdsm when you're in subspace there's the amount of pain that is happening that there's a shift in it that becomes pleasure. So the pain shifts into pleasure and, and it's this experience of you're in your body and you're also outside watching what's happening and experiencing it outside of you. So it's like expands the capacity that is just an expansion of what you can hold. Mm. Yeah. So uh, walk me through the steps of sex magic. You are, let's just talk about like being alone. We'll, we'll just make it simple. I would say if you can, it's about creating like a sanctuary, an environment, a space. So, um, for me, I have a Yoni egg and I have a crystal wand and they're both made out of crystals. And then I've chosen crystals that connect with me. With a yoni egg, typically I will put it inside of me and hold that. 
with my crystal wand, I typically hold it over, you know, either my, my wound or my heart, wherever I'm feeling most in that. So those are some like preps. Um, so to start with sex magic for self, I would say finding a time that you want to do it creating the space. So for me, I live in like a little studio. So I make sure I have my house clean Mm. where it feels good. And I can like not have that distraction of like, oh, I need to do the dishes kind of thing. Um, So I clean, um, I put on the incense. um, I'll have a playlist. um, I dim the lights and have candles. I, I journal. And so I spend time journaling, what am I wanting to call in? What's my intention? And then I get super clear on that. And then, you know, I will, uh, sometimes I'll put the yoni egg in before I journal and journal with it in. Sometimes I'll do it afterwards. It's just whatever feels good in that moment. And then really like, I'll, I'll do that. And um Sometimes I just like lay on bed with the crystals in me and on me. Um, and even sometimes I'll take the yoni egg out and I'll bring in one of my sex toys and I'll masturbate and I will hold that intention the whole entire time. And as I orgasm, I'm holding that in to call it in. Um, there's times where I don't feel necessarily called to have an orgasm. So I'll just hold that intention until like, I feel like it's called in and like, I feel connected with it. So there's like ways that you can play with it, but it is just like creating this space of I'm intentionally using this body that I have. That's so full of magic to call this in. Yeah. And then going into, so sex magic with a partner very similar to to single process right solo process um it's creating a container creating an environment and it's coming together connecting you know that could be through um oh all of a sudden it slipped my mind but it's like one person is sitting on top of the other yum yum or something like that mm-hmm. um I, I might have totally fucked all that up, but that, that's, that's the sitting. Um, I well, so gave, the man is in like cross-legged and then the woman is wrapped around cross-legged, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 So it's like, you're, you're sitting in the idea is like your chakras are super close and aligned with each other. So that's one already connection. Um, two is eye gazing, right? Looking at each other in the eyes. And, and when I eye gaze with someone, I really like looking at their left eye because that's receiving, right? Mm. So they're getting to receive my, my gaze, my love, the connection that I'm pouring into them. Um, and just like also like checking in with breath, right? So then it's like syncing up your breath together. So you're sitting on top of each other, you're eye gazing and you're breathing that automatically is going to create this like super connection. And then you, you know, you can create an intention. What is it as a couple that we want to call in? What is our intention? What do we want to focus on? And so it's like holding that. And as you're like connected and gazing and like breathing together, you're holding that intention and gaze 
And then you're playing music, you have the lights and you just allow whatever happens to come, whether that being like, maybe it's kissing, maybe it goes into some foreplay, maybe it goes into sex, right? Maybe it doesn't. But it's like you're allowing that. And it eventually I feel like it typically leads into some form of like intercourse. And as you're connecting and looking at each other in the eyes, you're holding that intention, that connection that you've been holding the whole entire time. And then you orgasm. And then you have that intention and it blasts off into the universe and it comes in the way that it's supposed to come in. I love it. Okay. So the last thing that I wanted to talk about almost last thing is rage. So you and your partner, Lindsay, or your business partner, Lindsay are holding a rage retreat in late May in Oregon. Now I find rage is really interesting that it's a part of your, um, the sexual education container that you two have put together, which is super beautiful. And which I'm a member of a paying member, by the way, (laughs) you are our first member. Yeah. Where's my shirt? I want a shirt. I know, right? <laughs> Speaking of Jeff again, he's often said that rage and sex, at least in a man's brain, uh, from what he's studied are very, very connected. They're, they're in the same place. I've never done any re- research on this about how it is for a woman, but I just found it really interesting that you're doing a rage retreat. So tell me about like this connection between rage and sexuality. Part of wild awakened women, which is, um, the, the membership that Jess is a part of with us, um, we were very much about untame yourself, allow yourself to be this wild and free. And in our society, we are taught that anger is bad. And um, especially, I'll, I'll speak for myself, like anger is a shadow emotion for me. Um, I, I grew up in this, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. So I would shove my emotions down and not allow myself to actually experience them and to express them until it was an outrage. And then it was just completely disruptive and destructive and not helpful at all. And as I started learning that part of me, um, I learned that anger is an emotion and it's a part of us and anger is a beautiful gift because one it allows us to know when our boundaries have been crossed either we we've allowed them to be or someone has crossed them and we haven't spoken into it it also teaches us what our values are so our boundaries are our values so it's like that teaches us all of this side of it and in our anger, there's so much power within our anger that we can use to create. And we can actually tap into that. And when we can learn how to express it in a way that is safe for ourselves and for others, there's this like energy and drive that can come in. And so um, for me, I know, um, I still have anger towards my divorce and I've, I've, I've experienced some of it. And there's also this fear of uncontrol. 
if I really allow myself to tap into that anger, it's going to be uncontrollable. And that's just a story because, because I'm scared of it. And so really what we're doing in this rage retreat, this is where, you know, her and I were talking is like, how can we build a relationship with our anger? And use it as this force, this gift of like helping us create our creativity, speaking into our boundaries, our, our values and letting it be known in a loving way that like, yo, I'm not okay with this. I need to, you know, so, so the rage retreat is the idea of where we're going to be in the middle of nowhere in Oregon. And we have this little house that we're all like, we can hold 10 women total, eight, eight total counting me and Lindsay, eight women total. And we're going to be there. There's, um, there's no Wi-Fi, and we have to bring our own water. Which you know how to do now. After which now I know how to do. You know, so it's it's very primal, which is why we picked this spot because it's very primal. This is already going to bring in our primal survival instincts, right? As women, all this, and then we're going to be in the middle of nowhere in the woods. We're going to have these fires coming in, and we're just going to create this space of like unleashing this like withheld anger that we haven't allowed to be expressed and creating this container where it's like unleashing it, creating movement, right? As women, when we move going into like why we do a lot of the dance classes that we do in Wild Awaken Women is like moving our emotions, moving our body to feel. And so like we're creating this environment where it's like we get to unleash, unleash this part of us that we've been holding back that we're scared of. And it's like, let's build this relationship with it and unleash it. So now we know how to use it for a gift. Mm -hmm. It sounds like a massive energy clearing session. Oh. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that sounds awesome. It's going to be, you know, and it's an energy clearing of one of those emotions that's so like where I consider taboo. Anger is such a taboo emotion, you know, um, especially in the spiritual world. Oh, yes. <laughs> and then like really this rage retreat is all about accessing that, that story that you've been holding anger towards that you actually haven't been willing to let go of. And, and it's, it's just creating this like havoc in your body. Maybe it is for me a divorce, you know, like I, I, my, my ex and I, we have a very loving separation divorce process. And there's also still a lot of anger for me to access. Right. Yeah. So it's like diving in, into that even more, um, you know, for, for Lindsay, you know, she, she was, you know, she's had very, like she's had two babies and both times they were near life death experiences for her. Like she had to have like emergency C-sections. And in one of those experiences, her second child, her husband left her. Mm. Right. So, so it's like allowing those times of like moments of like being with them and being like, I'm so fucking angry. Yeah. I'm mad. 
And it's just like letting it unleash. And then it's like, now I can connect back to me. Mm. Because it's no longer having this hold on me. I've built this and, and I understand that I, yeah, I can still have some anger towards it and emotion, but it's no longer holding me in this stuck spot. Mm-hmm. And doing it with a group of women, that is key. <laughs> have a rage retreat by yourself for sure. Break a plate. And okay. also doing it, doing anything with a group of people, men or women, anything, having that joint struggle is so connecting to know and to feel and to remember that we do not live an Instagram life. Nobody freaking lives an Instagram life. Everybody has rage and anger and shadows in them (laughs) and to just shoot things and break plates together. And to, I don't know if you're going to have pool noodles, but I would noodle the hell out of somebody. (laughs) I'm like, okay, taking notes, pool noodles and plates. Yeah. When I do my solo shows, the way that I often talk about it is repressed or reactive and anger is usually attributed to the reactive person because it's so visible in public. Like it's so outward that internal feel fear is just turned outward, Mm. but for the repressive person too, there's so much rage and conflict building up inside of us. Like as a repressive person, I totally get that. Um, earlier I was talking about, the situation that you had helped Jeff and I on, on that shooting project that we were working on. Right. Mm-hmm. So you remember while we were there, like it, there was a lot of focus. We're working with a big gun. We're blowing things up. Like we're shooting things, but there's so much focus and so much intention that I didn't. Okay. Well, okay. I'll just say this often when I'll go out with a gun, it's me and Jeff and I'm just shooting things, right. It's like cans, dirt, whatever, trash, is out in the desert where we live. It feels so releasing. But when we were out there and doing that very intentional long range shooting, it's very like put together. It didn't have that release that I would feel when I have a pistol in my hand and we're out kind of at night, may or may not do this. I'm not sure if this is legal or not. So I don't know (laughs) if anybody's listening, but like potentially going out at night and just shooting at a berm being like, you know, that is so releasing. And I get why people shoot guns for fun, like at, at beer cans without, with no skill. It's like, it's because it's releasing, you know, and I get why people are doing that because we have so much pent up rage that that's a very healthy way of getting it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Cause sometimes communication just doesn't do it. Sometimes you just have emotions and it's not needed to share them. You just need to get the energy out. I love that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's beautiful. It's like finding ways of releasing that energy healthy. Right. So it is, it's like, okay, I have this controlled environment where I can shoot this gun at this can. And that feels really good. I have this controlled environment where I can smash the shit out of this piece of glass. And that feels good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have this controlled environment where I'm with a group of other women that are allowing themselves to access their anger anger, and we're going to unleash it and we're going to scream and howl at the fucking moon. And super laugh about it afterwards. (laughs) 
to laugh, right? And like what you're saying too, there's so much beauty. And that's part of why we created Wild Awakened Women. It's not just our anger, but allowing ourselves as women to tap into our sexuality, our sensuality, because when we can do that, there's so much wildness. There's so much freeness in who we are as women, where, where anything we put our mind to is, is, is happening. It's creative and, and it's playful because we have other women doing it with us. We're not alone in this, you know, of like experiencing it and going through the, the shit storms that happen in life. Mm. Amen, sis. I feel like that's a great place to leave us off with. Where can people find out more about the rage retreat? Uh, it's in late May. I feel like I can make this. I have such a weird thing where I have to be in Canada. Sometimes I have to be here legally. I don't know. I'm talking about (laughs) a lot of legal or illegal things that I might or might not be doing. (laughs) I'm really going to try to be there. Where can people find out more about the rage retreat and, uh, wild awakened women, which wild awakened women, women totally virtual. And I love that group so much. I'm so, I'm so grateful for you being a part of that group, Jess. Like I said, you are, you are our first member. Um, and, and it's, it's a growing community. Um, it's, it's this community of amazing women and we, we have dance classes, we have group calls, we have a book club. Um, we have a great space for like some fun topics that we talk about. And, um, you can find that on, Instagram um, at wild underscore awakened underscore women. Um, you can also find out about the rage retreat. We we haven't launched it publicly yet, and it is happening very soon. Um, like I said, it's in May. It's May thirtieth to June second. It's going to be in Oregon, um, and really for us, it's this is where I'm really grateful for Lindsay and like what we're creating. Um, this, this retreat in particular is not about making money. Mm -hmm. It's about, it's about releasing that anger. And so, um, for us, we're, we're making it super doable covering cost and that's it. Like we just, we just want women to come to it. Um, and, and to have that connection and that freedom to, to do it. Um, so, so that's where you can find it. You can also, I'll be, I'll be putting it on my personal Instagram at, um, ashley.d.mays. Awesome. Yeah. And the wild awakened membership also costs like nothing as well. I know. I've been telling her like, enjoyed I've been telling you, raise your prices. So before they take my advice, join that because it costs like nothing. There are these great dance classes that I do virtually with you, uh, monthly group calls. Again, the book club, yeah. so good. Um, yeah, yeah. Right now we are we we are limiting ourselves. Like once we get a certain amount of members, we are right. You know, we are raising our prices. Um, right now we are still in the founders membership and it's $13.99 a month for, you know, within that month, you get four dance classes, you get a group call, you get a book club, and then you have access to all these other amazing topics, 
awaken your pussy, awaken your, you know, your sensual essence, awaken your relationships. Like it's, it's such fun stuff. Yeah. I love it. And we can just give a little demo of the dance classes. They are like doing solo or partnered. You're bringing in partnered stuff now, but it's, if I were to explain this from a bystander or like an attendee, um, learning how to dance around a chair, learning how to do floor work, like almost like you're your own stripper. And if you've ever had an inkling of jealousy, <laughs> when, when you think about women that are able to move so sexy like that, like I always have, this is definitely a group for you. Like it'll teach you how to move your body in the coolest ways. You don't need to be very flexible or very talented because I can attest to that. I'm neither. And I just feel so (laughs) sexy and so good afterwards. It's really fun. Thank you. Uh, Thank you so much. And yeah, it is. It's just like learning to tap into this like beautiful body as a woman and allowing ourselves to touch it and express it. And we, we drink wine, you know, we have a lot of fun. It's super, super fun. I love it. Ash, thank you so much for being on. You are a magical water nymph and I'm so glad you graced my house with your magic And I'm excited to go to Oregon if I can make this happen legally. (laughs) Yes. Calling it in. Yes. I'm going to sex magic. Sex magic around it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So if you're a woman called to be wild and awakened, definitely check out Ashley. If you're a man and you are looking to improve your sex life, you also take on -on one-on-one clients with men as well and couples. So just hit up Ashley on Instagram at ashley.d.maze and Maze is M-A-Y-S. Yes. Yeah. All right. Love you, girl. I love you. <laughs>